Happy Easter, happy Easter. Can we all have a stand up? Happy Easter. If you are a visitor, my name is Miles. I'm pastor of Rock Church. Welcome to Easter service. Y'all excited for today? Amen. Uh, if you're a visitor, raise your hand. We want to say hello to you. God bless y'all. Let's give all the visitors a God bless you. God bless you. God bless y'all. God bless y'all. Let's pray. Let's pray. Lord, thank you that we got through the traffic today. It's just a minor, minor, minor inconvenience for what you're going to get. So we thank you, God, for rising from the dead. We thank you for being who you are. Thank you so much that you made it crystal clear what our choice should be for a Savior. The only one that rose from the dead. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Turn to the person next to you and say, Jesus is the only Savior. <laughs> Want to say hello to everybody watching at all our campuses. God bless y'all. Let's give a hand to all the people at our campuses. God bless y'all. And if you are a visitor, I mean, all of y'all look so good. A lot of y'all look so good. Some of y'all are just regular uh, on our regular thing. <laughs> So uh, we usually don't look this smooth on Sunday, but today is a special day. Jesus rose from there. Can I get an amen? amen? So if you come next week, you know, we're not going to be into suits and ties. We just want to, you know, break it, out, break it out. We got this stuff laying in our closet, so we got to use it at some point. But uh, um, anyway, thanks for coming today. Let's see your Bibles on the count of three. Say word. One, two, three. Say word. Turn to Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians chapter 2. Uh, before I start, let me um, prepare our hearts. I was, I've been doing interviews since well, all week, but especially Friday today and today about Easter. And a lot of people look at this as a holiday. And it is a holy day. I get it. But it is the Super Bowl in the spiritual realm. Because... Out of all the ways people try to get to heaven, there's only one person ever in the history of the world that said, I am going to die for you and rise from the dead. And it just so happens that only one person who said it actually did it. And so I want you to really think about it. I literally was just on KOSI like half an hour ago, standing outside. And they said, what would you say to San Diego? And I said, hey, say this prayer and accept Christ as your Savior is what I would say to you. And, and say if you're trying to get to heaven any other way, it doesn't work. Because there's nobody who's died and rose from the dead. So as, we, as I talk about today, I want you to be prepared that you're, what you're going to do with that information. You're either going to say, eh, or you're going to say, I want it. Amen? Amen. Amen. Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians chapter 2. Uh, years ago, my father and I went to Africa. Um, we were setting up, I was setting up an event, took him, and he always wanted to go. And so we flew from here to Chicago, you know, two or three hours, Chicago, London, eight hours or nine hours. And, we, and then we had an eight-hour layover. Now, you want to hear a layover, that's a layover. And then we went from London, Heathrow Airport, down to Uganda, eight hours or so. 24-hour trip, give or take, something like that. And then we were there. We went to church. I spoke at a, a couple church services, prayer meeting all night, literally all night in a, in a soccer field with like 3,000 people. Went to an orphanage out in the, in the jungle. And the whole time we were on this trip, 
we were in communication with our wives, my wife and my mom, his wife obviously, and we were sharing videos, uh, uh, telling what was going on. They were telling us what was going on here. And even though we were in Africa, it was as if they were with us. And it was as if we were with them here in San Diego, so much so that we got homesick and came home a day early. But during this trip, we had our family with us on this trip. We talk about the death and resurrection and ascension into heaven of Jesus Christ where he is right now seated at the right hand of the Father. He came, he lived, he died, he rose, ascended into heaven 40 days later, he's seated at the right hand of the Father. That death, resurrection and ascension into heaven to the right hand of the Father experience of Christ is a death, resurrection, ascension opportunity for you. Just as my family was with me in Africa and I was with them, so we are going to are, are seated at the right hand of the Father with Christ because the Bible says we're going to read it here in a minute, we're raised with Christ and seated in heaven. Now why is this important? Because you can look at this as some holiday like I was talking about in a minute or you can look at it as oh, someday. No, you could be there now. Positionally, you could be there now. You know what I mean? I am seated in the right hand. I am seated with Christ right there next to the throne of God right now. But if you don't know that and you start living life down here, looking at your bills, looking at, you know, the, 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 the virus and, and the wars, all this stuff's, all this stuff's going to happen. It's going to come and pass. Matter of fact, I, I heard yesterday there's a chip now. You can go in the back of your hand and people are buying with this chip. I heard on the news here in the United States, in San Diego. You're talking about the mark of the beast. Now, I don't know if the chip's a mark of the beast, but the Bible says something about a mark on the back of your hand that you can't buy and sell. I'm just saying. Now you may be like, oh, what's going to happen? The end of the world is going to come at some point. You're going to die at some point. But if you're seated here, you don't need to trip. Because <laughs> you're already there. So it's going to require three things in this message anyway. Say death, dead in sin. Say dead in sin. You're going to have to realize that you're dead in sin. I'm going to talk about it here in a minute. And then alive in Christ. Say alive in Christ. You are not truly alive unless you have Christ. Now, you may be functionally alive in this way, but you're not spiritually alive. We're going to talk about that in a minute. So dead in sin, alive with Christ. And thirdly, oh, oh, seated in heaven. Say seated in heaven. How many of y'all want to be right here? Okay. So we, if you're a visitor, maybe you don't know, we, we raise our hand, our elbow needs to go above our ear. We don't do the T-Rex thing, Okay. <laughs> How many of y'all want to be seated in heaven? Amen. Come on now. Come on now. Very good. Very good. Guess what? If you've accepted Christ, you already are. And this is how we have to have our minds right. So when we think about Easter, it ain't about bunnies. A bunny has nothing to do with Jesus. And newsflash, bunnies don't lay eggs. Some of y'all are like, oh, snap. That's right. So where does the egg come from? It ain't got nothing to do with Jesus. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Okay. Um, dead in sin. Everyone say dead in sin. Yes. One day I was uh, at home reading a book in a room. And I was sitting there and, and, and my, I was in there for a couple hours and my wife walks in and she says, you need to turn the light on. It's dark in here. How do you, how do you see? I said, um, I see fine. You know, it's not dark in here. Get out. I didn't say that to her, but, you know, I was thinking it, like, leave me alone. So, <laughs> like, no, it's dark in here. I'm like, it's not dark in here. So I was like, okay. You want me to turn the light on? 
fellas. How many... Sometimes spouses, whether it's a husband or wife, will ask you ten times what they want to do until you give in to do what they want to do. Do you want me to turn the light on? It's not dark. Do you want, okay, turn the light on because I know you want to turn the light on. She turns the light on and all of a sudden I realized how dark it was in the room. She was right the whole time. When we talk about being dead in sin, a lot of y'all are like, I'm good. My sin's not that bad. Until you read this. Until you read this, gossip, lying, getting drunk, getting high, backbiting, sleeping around. You're like, man, I did that. Check, I did that. I did that. Cursing God's name, not living by faith, worrying. Worrying is telling God, I don't trust you're going to do it. On and on and on. Now, is this stuff like murder? The Bible says that when you uh, curse somebody's name, it's like killing them. Dead in sin is you doing what you want to do. Look what it says, Ephesians chapter 2. Let's read it. It says, and he, you, and you, he made alive who were dead in your transgressions and sins, in which you once walked according to the course of the world, According to the prince of the power of the air. In other words, you were doing what the devil was inciting in your heart. In other words, now we'll get to that in a minute. I'm talking about the devil. The spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience. How many of you noticed a spirit of division in our culture? Let me say it again. Cancel. You just cancel people like that. If you say one thing wrong, all this whole side of the society comes against you. Or, or it's Republican or Democrat, Fox, CNN, you're for or against the police, whatever it is. How many of y'all noticed that? Can I get Amen. It's a spirit. And what I mean by that, the Bible says we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but principalities and powers and the rules of the darkness of this age. It is a spiritual, it's a spiritual instigation. There's some of your family members have gone crazy in your mind. Can I get an amen? They're like fanatic vaccine, fanatic against the vaccine. Fanatic Republican, fanatic the Democrat. Fanatic Fox, fanatic CNN. Just like crazy. Crazy, like out of the mind, is this spirit of division that's dividing our world. That's a spiritual thing. God is about unity. That's why God is one. The devil's about two, division. It's a spirit. And so the Bible says that you were dead in your transgressions and sins, getting caught up in all that, living according to the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience, among whom also we were once conducted ourselves in the lust of our flesh, the desires of our flesh and of the mind. We were by nature children of wrath just as others. This, this spirit of disobedience, being dead in your transgressions and sin, is the spirit, is the meism. Um, Shaq was telling, y'all know who Shaq is, a basketball player, can I get an amen? Anybody not know who Shaq is? Shaquille O'Neal, you don't? Okay, he's a basketball player. <laughs> You're only joking, right? <laughs> You're not joking. You don't know who Shaq is? You, you need to Google S-H-A-Q, please. <laughs> he's a basketball player, played for the Lakers. You know who the Lakers are? Okay, so he played for the Lakers for many years, actually won championships for multiple. You know who Kobe Bryant is? Okay, so he played with Kobe Bryant. So Kobe Bryant came to the team and 
um, one of the players said to Shaq, Kobe won't pass the ball. So Shaq said, I'll, I'll talk to him, I'll talk to him. He said, hey, Kobe, hey, Kobe, you know, there's no I in the, name, in the word team. There's no letter I in the word team. And Kobe said, yeah, but there's an M-E in that word. <laughs> the spirit of division or the devil's the spirit is about me. You're going to go to heaven? Yeah, because this is what I believe about God. Here's what I think is right. Here's what's morally correct to me. Now, of course, we have to make some kind of assessment in our own heart. But at the same time, it is really not about what we think. It's about what is. In other words, you can go on top of this building, a three-story building, and say, or oh, whatever church, campus you're at, go on top of the building and say, I'm going to jump off because I don't believe there's gravity. You can believe there's not gravity all you want, but that don't mean the gravity is going to go away just for you. It's not a matter of what your faith is what you have faith in. And if you're having faith in something that's true, not true, it ain't going to work. That's me. And then the Bible says we are walking according to the prince of the power of the air, the devil. Now, when people hear about the devil, they think one of two things. Usually, well, one of three things, but mainly two. The devil's so evil, I have nothing to do with him. Or he don't exist. The devil, think about the devil as intelligent evil. How many of y'all would show by a show of hands would say evil is in, has intelligence, thought behind it. In other words, people scam. People plan to lie. They time their lies. They cover their lies and, hey, hey, you look so nice. I can't stand her. <laughs> Serial killers plan and scheme. Son of Sam was a, uh, uh, um, a murderer in New York City in the 70s. I was in high school. My dad was a cop. And make a long story short, because I don't take too long the story, but my father, who has passed away, was investigating a person of interest that the day after David Burke was caught, this person disappeared. And it's a long story, but... They were, the thought was it was a police officer because he kept evading the police and David Berkowitz wasn't a cop. But it was very thought out. It was timing and technique to how he was killing these women. Evil, that's the devil. He is strategic evil. And when you and I sin, we think about, we strategize. Sometimes it's so compulsive or so spontaneous because we're just so used to it. There was a pastor in, um, in a church, it was a little small church in about 100 seats and he was preaching and he heard screaming in the lobby. And then the back doors of the church fling open. And the back row started screaming. People turned around. And this gigantic demonic creature started walking down the middle of the aisle. Ah, stuff dripping from him, all goo and stuff. And people were jumping all the pews, jumping out the window, throwing babies out the window. And the preacher was just standing like, oh, Lord, whatever. And he's not, not phased at all. And the, and the creature gets to the front row, sits in the front seat. He's like, ah, ah, you know who I am? He says, yeah, I know who you are. You're not scared of me? Listen, devil, I've been married to your sister for 20 years. I ain't saying, what are you going to do to me? <laughs> the devil's real, but you need not fear him. 
because you have Christ who is the victor who died and rose from the dead. And when Christ was on the cross, the devil thought he won. And Jesus said, no, nah, no, nah, three days, I'll be back, brother. Three days. There were two, amen, amen, come on, come on. Number two, alive in Christ, alive in Christ. The first thing is that you are dead. All of us by nature, when we were born, our parents were sinners, they made sinners. We were flawed. We're about us. It doesn't mean you were evil. It doesn't mean you were an axe murderer. It means you were flawed, imperfect. And God said, because you're a sinner, the penalty of sin is death. That's why we die. Jesus says, I'm going to give you an opportunity to be alive. I'm going to die on the cross, Good Friday. That's what we celebrated and honored and acknowledged. And then I'm going to rise from the dead and overcome death. I'm going to overcome death. Everyone say, but God. Whenever you are in a situation, whether you have no money and you're struggling, you say, but God, say, but God. You have a terminal illness and you think you're going to die, say, but God. You are getting ready to break up with someone you've been in love with for a long time and it's going to break your heart, say, but God. You have nowhere to go, you don't know where your life is going, you don't know your destiny, you're confused, you're lost, you're empty, say, but God. In every single one of these situations that we just read, the Bible says you are dead in your transgressions and sins, more sinful than you know, because the Bible says our heart is deceitful and desperately wicked, who can know it? Our heart is deceitful and desperately wicked, who can know it? How many of y'all would admit you are more sinful than you know? You are more sinful than you know. Oh, come on now, sister, sister brother. You are more sinful than, raise your hand. Okay, how many think you are better than you think you are? Come on now. No, the Bible says that you are... Oh, God's praise. Oh, get me over here. I'm still over here. <laughs> the Bible says you are dead in your transgressions and sins and the penalty of sin is death. But God, look what it says in the next verse. But God, who is rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive with Christ. Even when you were cursing God's name, turning your back on God, taking advantage of God. God, look, I'm in church. Hey, I'm here in Easter. Hey, come on. Hey, boom, boom, boom. Hey, I'm good. And then I'm going to go back for 11 more months of doing what I want to do. God's like, I'm not a sucker. But God's like, yeah, I love you though because I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bless you a little bit. But not as much as it could be. There was two people who were blindfolded and they walked up to an elephant and they said, touch the elephant and describe the elephant. And one guy is blindfolded, he grabbed the tail. He says the elephant is, it's thin, it's like a cord. Another guy touched the tusk and he said, oh, it's like wood, it's curved and hard. Both of them were wrong. They were partially right, but they were completely wrong in the sense that they didn't have the whole picture. The devil is going to show you just a piece of the picture he wants you to see. And tell you that's right. God wants to take the blindfolds off you and show you reality. He wants, to, he wants the scales to come off and the Holy Spirit to come and live in your life. And show you here's the life you can have. And what, and what the devil... What the devil will do, he'll give you a few bones, he'll give you, hey, here's little chicks, little honeys in the hot tub, little time, here's, here's a little guy, whatever, a little raise. And he's like, God's like, I have so much more for you. And look what it says. It says, but God who is rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses and sins, made us alive because by grace you have been saved. Grace is undeserved favor. How many of y'all have kids in here? Raise your hand if you have kids. What if somebody slapped one of your kids? 
Oh, no. <laughs> I'm just talking about just a little slap. Oh, no. Call the popo. Your sin killed Jesus, God's son. Jesus had no sin. He had no reason to be killed. But he died for you and me. And here's what he's saying. You don't deserve the salvation I have for you. But not only will I forgive you, I will take you with me to the right hand of the Father right now. And I'll let you see life from this perspective if you trust me. And you submit to me, I will bless you. That's grace. See, in our world, we all try to get to God in our own power, our own morality. We, we see God as up here. And then we try to get to him with our power, our morality, our religion. Can I have my diagram on the screen? Here we go. And we try to get to God our way because it's all about what we think. We think, and, and you may hear even some people who are philosophers that say, well, well, God is, there's one God and we all have our different ways of getting there. That sounds really good. The problem is you can't get there in your power. You can't get there because you have sin. So what God did is he sent his son down to us and to become one of us. That is the complete difference of you getting to God on your own. Let me get the next picture. He sent God, Jesus, his son, down to us who lived 33 years, ministered three years, died and rose from the dead, conquered heaven, conquered death, and then seated at the right hand of the Father. And he is, as we're going to see in a minute, interceding for you and me, praying for you and me. And so this is a complete different paradigm than what the world says. I was, I was on a, a, in Acts chapter, Acts chapter 1 verse 8, it tells us that when we get salvation, we're not getting something like a letter. We're not getting something like a certificate. Some people say, well, if I pray and ask Christ to be my Savior, I get a ticket to heaven. It ain't about that. You actually get God himself. In other words, salvation is not the gift of God. It is the gift of God. In other words, it's not something God sends to you. It's, it's getting God himself. Look what it says in Acts verse 1 verse 8. It says, you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit mails it to you. You shall receive power when he texts it to you. Thank you. It's just not planning. These are my people. We're on the same page. You shall receive power when he emails it to you. You shall receive power when he tells you about, hey, it's coming. It's going to be a little bird. It's going to drop it off in a little note. Look what it says. You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit himself has come upon you and be witnesses to me in Jerusalem. Amen. <laughs> Romans, Romans 8, Romans 8, 11 says, but if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, the spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is now in you. He didn't all of a sudden become weak. He didn't all of a sudden become dumb. He didn't all of a sudden become blind. He didn't all of a sudden become mute. Or cripple, the, the spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is now in you. The same spirit who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. I was on an um, aircraft carrier. Anybody here from the Navy? Anybody here in all the campuses? Let's get a military in all our campuses. A big hand. God bless y'all. I was, I was in... Um, Years ago, I met this three-star admiral. 
here in Coronado, and we ended up flying on. It was a group of us flew onto a calf craft carrier, spent the night, and they got catapulted off, which was crazy. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> they strap you in, and not only did they put a seatbelt around your body, they put a seatbelt around your head. Because if your head snaps back, it, you know, it, it'll bang. So they strap you in like a mummy because it's poof. And you go from zero to like 120 miles an hour in like a second, I don't know how, really quick. So we're on the ship. We spent the night in the ship. And as we're walking around, we're walking around with a three-star admiral, which for us civilians, what does that mean? It means a big deal. Can I get an amen for all the people in the military? This is a big deal. He's a big deal. So everywhere we went, we'll walk in and people will see him. They would, hmm, hmm, hmm. Everywhere we went. And I'm like, oh, this is cool because I'm right behind him, right? <laughs> so I'm kind of getting the overflow of the... And he, and he was real chill. He's like, yeah, at ease, at ease. So I'm like, let me flow into it. At ease, brother, as you were. It's good. What's up? Hey, girl, what's up? How you doing? Like, you know, it's like, I, I'm acting like it's me because I'm like, right? I never had people, huh, huh, huh. It had nothing to do with me. Obviously. When God's living in you, it ain't got nothing to do with you. It's him. It's, and it's not something, hey, here, go do with this what you want. Here's, here's that thing I emailed you and I'm over here. No, it's God himself in you, his power, his perspective, his wisdom, his clarity. So you are, you are, watch this, watch this, you're dead in your sin, you're alive in Christ and now you are seated at the right hand. Hebrews 10, 11, after he offered one sacrifice for sins, after Jesus offered himself for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the Father. Ephesians 2, 2, 4, look what it says. But God who is rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead, he made us alive. Everyone say alive. Together with Christ, for by grace you've been saved and, everyone say and. He raised us up together and made us to sit in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. What? He made us to sit right here. As I land this plane, here's my encouragement and challenge to you. That you say, you know what, I'm not going to just pray some prayers just so I did it and I'm going to heaven. I actually want to live life from this seat. I want to hear what Jesus is praying for me. I want to hear the conversations between him and the Father, the accusations of the devil. I want to hear how Jesus is advocating for me. So three things I'm going to give you. Number one, because Jesus is mediating for you, come boldly to the throne of grace. 1 Timothy 2.5 says, there is one God and one mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself as a ransom to all of us. He is mediating. And when the devil comes and accuses you, Jesus says, Father, I got him. There's going to be some people going to come to Christ and say, hey, hey, Jesus, um, you know, Leroy's trying to get in the gates. Uh, do, do, do you know him? Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. He ain't in the book. But he swears he went to the rock. He swears he knows him past the miles. And he says he was who, who's the man. He's trying to throw everything at me, but I'm just not seeing his name in the book. He ain't in the book. He's got to go to the other door. It's the red door. Tell, tell him to go to the red door. <laughs> I want Jesus mediating for me. Can I get an amen? Uh, because, because Jesus is advocating for you, don't believe the threat to the devil. When you sin, which you will, 
when you mess up, which you will, the devil's going to say you're a fraud. You go to that church, it's because you go to that big church, you think you've got better, better love on your life, you better blessings on your life, you think God's going to, you're, you're a fraud, you're a liar. This is the devil talking to you and you start to believe it. Jesus said, hold on, hold on, hold on, Father, he's mine. Look what the Bible says. 1 John 2, 1, my little children, these things I say to you that you may not sin. If anyone does sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. I want that. I want that. And I want to acknowledge that he's advocating for me. So when I say, when I say Father, please forgive me, I know Jesus is saying, I got him. I got him. I'm going to work with him. I'm going to got him. And lastly, lastly, because he prays for us, because Jesus is praying for you, Agree with this prayer. Can you imagine if you prayed this every day? Dear God, whatever you're praying for me at the right hand of the Father. Woo, come on now. Whatever you're praying for me from the right hand of the Father on my life, I want that. That's all I'm asking for. I want to agree with what you say. Look what it says in Hebrews 7.25. Therefore he is also able to save the uttermost who come to God through him since he always lives to make intercession for them. In a minute we're going to take communion. Before that, you need to... Ask Christ to be your Savior. We do not want you taking communion. You do not want to take communion if you have not asked Christ to be your Savior. In all the campuses, this is critical. Why? Because when you take communion, you are acknowledging that you believe and know Jesus died and rose from the dead for you. And if you take communion saying, yeah, I know you died for me and I know you, your body was torn, your blood was shed for me, but I reject it, but I'm taking it, you are taking it onto your own damnation. Don't do that. So we want to give you an opportunity to say, I want Jesus to be my Savior. I want new life in Christ and I want to be seated at the right hand of the Father and I want to live my life not as a person walking around earth with some knowledge in my head about God. I want to walk around life knowing I am seated right here and I'm interceding with Jesus who's interceding for me. I'm agreeing with Jesus who's, who's praying for me. I'm agreeing with Jesus and submitting to him who's mediating for me. I want to live life from this perspective and I want God to show me my life from this chair. Show me my future from this chair. Show me the nature of my relationships from this chair because there's people in all your lives who don't have your best interests in mind. There are people in all your lives who can't stand you. They smile on your face, talk behind your back. Jesus, show me that. Let me live from Herod's perspective. And when everything is falling apart on earth, which it is, they are talking about nuclear war. It is a very real possibility. Do you know what that means? That there's no little bombs blowing up buildings. There's bombs blowing up cities at one time. I like that. I just hope I go quick. But I do know one thing. When I go from here, I'm going to be in a whole lot of better place. San Diego's cool. But ain't nothing like heaven. Come on now. Come on now. <laughs> ain't nothing like heaven. And whenever, whenever you get a chance... Whenever you get a chance to brag about the beauty of San Diego to somebody, because it is beautiful, springboard that into heaven. Because this place, as beautiful as it is, is ghetto compared to heaven. <laughs> but here's, here's what you need to do. In a minute we're going to pray. We're going to take communion. You need to admit that, yes, I'm dead in my transgressions and sins. I believe that I'm a sinner. Two, I believe Jesus died and rose from the dead for me. It's a historical fact. The tomb is empty. There were witnesses. He walked around for 40 days. His disciples who were running scared all of a sudden turned into courageous martyrs because they saw a risen Savior. Think about it. These guys were scared. Next thing you know, they're dying for their faith. Every single one of them. 
I admit that I'm a sinner. I believe Jesus died for my sin. I confess my life to Jesus. So I'm going to ask all of you, all the campuses right here, bow your heads and close your eyes. Lord, thank you that you died. And thank you that you rose. And thank you that you provided irrefutable proof that you are alive. And thank you that you ascended into heaven in public, like everything else you did in public. It's not a secret. As you're listening to my voice in whatever campus you're in, and you believe that you are a sinner, that Jesus died and rose from the dead for your sin, and you want him to forgive you, I'm going to ask you to pray this prayer with me in the privacy of your heart. Pray, dear God, I admit that I'm a sinner. I believe Jesus died and rose from the dead. I confess my sin to him. Jesus, please forgive me. Come live in my heart. Be my savior. As the eyes are closed and the heads are bowed, if you prayed that prayer, just slip your hand up high, really, really high, so we can see you. God bless you. God bless you. Hundreds of you in all the campuses, in all the campuses, God bless you. You can put your hands down. Lord, thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you for your goodness. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's give those people a big hand. God bless y'all. Take out, take out your communion cup. We'll take this together with all the campuses all around San Diego. Last Supper, Jesus broke the bread, preparing his disciples to watch him be broken. If you don't have a communion cup, just raise your hand and ushers will give it, get you one of the ushers and usherettes. He broke the bread and said, take, the, eat, this is my body. It was broken and given for you. Lord, thank you that you allowed sinful man to beat you, whip you, spit on you, betray you, deny you, mock you. We take this acknowledging that we are fully aware of the sacrifice you made for us and the sacrifice you asked us to make for you. In Jesus' name, amen. All throughout the Old Testament, they sacrificed animals and they shed their blood to pay for their sin. But because the blood was not sinless, they had to keep doing it over and over again. Jesus' blood was sinless, pure. He did it one time. One time. Don't need to do it again. We are reminded of that when we take this, that we are forgiven. Lord, thank you that you have forgiven us, cleansed us. Thank you for your faithfulness. In Jesus' name, amen. Do not be alarmed, it's only a balloon. I'm going to ask you to bow your heads and close your eyes. And this is the best part of the service and all the campuses. 
bow your heads and close your eyes one more time. And if you prayed that prayer a few minutes ago to ask Christ to be your Savior, I'm going to ask you on the count of three to stand at your feet. And when you stand at your feet, what you're doing is you are huh, rising from the dead. You're going to walk out of your tomb. Jesus said, if you're ashamed of me before man, I'll be ashamed of you before my heavenly Father. Everything Jesus suffered was in public and his resurrection was in public. So if you prayed that prayer and to ask Christ to be your Savior, on the count of three, I'm going to ask you to stand to your feet. One, two, three. Stand to your feet. God bless you. Let's give him a hand. God bless you.